episode there are all stars podcast this is Barnsley back for another weekly super coach episode TLT round 24 two weeks left it's a huge round especially for head-to-head teams that are in their grand final so this is the grand final week I have to say it's a fantastic change that super coach made to have the grand finals in week 24 and not week 25 because the last round of the season can be chaos uh, it can be a lot of luck involved with different teams who are going to rest their players and stuff like that so I think it's great that it's in round 24 for head-to-head grand finals. A lot of cash leagues as well, so a lot of money on the line and stuff. So great to have the grand finals this week. But for the overall players as well, well there's there's two weeks left now. So you can move up quite quickly. Um, I actually had a bad two weeks before last week where I didn't think I'd gone that badly, but I ended up dropping oh, probably a 1,000 spots, which I was really surprised about this late in the season that I could have that sort of drop-off. But it also goes to show how much ground you can make up because obviously, you know, that's a that's a big drop in a couple of weeks. But last week uh, I had a, oh, I think it was a 1570-odd and I managed to make up another 700 spots. So I went back to almost where I was two weeks ago. And, and like 700 spots in a week uh, is pretty big. Uh, my score wasn't, you know, top 500 or anything like that. It was um, a decent score, but moved up very quickly. So I think that shows you this season how, how much you can move the next two weeks as well, which is important. For this podcast, it's going to just be me this week. It's just a quick solo one. It's going to be a quick fire solo one, talking about TLT and focusing on different types of trades that you can do. Uh, Wilfred, the Catfish Z, is going to be joining me on Thursday to get a podcast up for Friday in Talk and Footy. And that Talk and Footy episode is going to be really interesting. Wilfred, obviously, from the Supercoach Champions podcast and a great Broncos tragic. So look forward to chatting to him. He's always great value. Tune in on Friday for that one. But in the meantime, we are going to do a quick fire TLT for this one. And before we do, quick strategy mention. More than a chat, it's just a small discussion. Uh, this is a week to get down and dirty, guys and girls. These these couple of weeks, especially for head-to-head grand finals, for your final head-to-head week, but certainly for the last two weeks of the season, time to get down and dirty. And that's going to be the strategy conversation for this week. Now, what do I mean by down and dirty? I mean that you can basically consider every single player in the NRL as a super coach option at this point. That isn't something that you normally do, and for good reason, uh, because there's a lot of players that aren't very good that you don't want to be getting into your super coach teams that aren't very relevant. Uh, and certainly a lot of those players as well aren't going to produce long enough. They're not. They're either not going to make money, they're not going to give you good scores for a long enough period of time, you're going to end up copying a lot of duds, they're going to be AE nightmares. All these type of worries that you have during the super coach season doesn't matter the last couple of weeks, because it's the perfect way... Well, it's a perfect equaliser, really, on the Supercoach playing field, where every player is basically worth the same for the last two weeks, and that's how you should look at it. Don't worry that a guy's only 1% owned and you know not, not been owned by anyone all year, and you don't think they're a very good player, you don't think they're Supercoach relevant. None of it really matters if you think they're going to score well this week. And if you think they're going to score well this week and next week, then even better. But certainly for head-to-head, it's all about this week. So if you can jag someone who maybe they've got a season average of 30 points a game and has never gotten above 50, but they score their first ton of the season this week, then that is a massive win in Supercoach terms. Now, obviously as well, 
you, you know, for head-to-head, a lot of it's going to be based on your opponent, so you don't need to go for that type of pod a lot of the time. But there is going to be some instances where it is relevant. Um, so, for instance, uh, you're going to get to the end of a round and need to make a trade. And certainly for this week, make sure that you save your trades as much as you can so you can make them during the round, if you do have them, obviously. Uh, but it might be that you've only got one game's options. Now, a lot of super coaches will make the mistake if they've got one or two games to choose from and need a high upside player to go for the big name value guys, the guys that have been super coach relevant all year. Um, I, I suggest that that might, ha- might be a good trade sometimes, but a lot of the time it will end up being that it'll be some well, relatively unknown or overlooked super coach player that's never relevant. They'll end up outscoring those guys and could have got you the head-to-head grand final wins. So definitely consider that. And for the overall players as well, you know, same type of thing applies. But, you know, I, I love doing it. It's a really exciting time of year because it does it does create a bit more fun where you can put these weird and wonderful players in your team that you wouldn't normally. And, you know, the good coaches do that. There was a few really good coaches that got on some 1% and 2% pods last week and it really paid off for them. And we're going to talk about some of those while we go through uh, the TLT for this week. But let's get into that and go through it. The first game of the round, we've got the Broncos and the Eels. Um, so big news for this game, as far as ins and outs go, the Broncos have just ruled out Sel and Cobbo, uh, so that's going to hurt them. It is very much a, pretty much a must-win game for the Broncos, so it's going to be huge for them. They've decided to put Ryan James as a starting 13, which I find really interesting. Um, other than that, we've got um, Branko Lee coming back into the side for Hoyter. For the Eels side... Uh, it's pretty much exactly the same side, um, other than uh, Makatoa and Arthur coming onto the bench for Cartwright and Ogden, so not really super coach relevant too much. This one, Market Watch. I'm going to say outright being the first game. I'm not going to go through the Market Watch outs because it's a bit misleading at this point because all the outs are just going to be based on maybe what head to head matchups are needed, or maybe like I was talking about at the start of the podcast about you know, just getting guys out that aren't good for the next couple of weeks. And it's just, it's pretty irrelevant what's happening on the outs because every team's going to be doing different stuff at the moment and it's just for the end of the season. So it doesn't really show much, um, but the market watch in does and it does highlight some popular options that are coming in and some changes in ownership. The first one is Mitchell Moses in this game. He's the number six most traded in player. And I actually really like this buy, I have to say. Um, the Eels have got a pretty good record against the Broncos, and they did look a lot better last week. The Eels, obviously the big bounce back, um, whereas the Broncos have been looking pretty ordinary uh, almost since post-Origin, really, aside from the odd win against Newcastle. Um, it, it is a big game for the Broncos where they're going to need to fire. They have got a couple of players out from their starting 13, and the Eels are basically full strength now. So... Mitchell Moses came back last week for his first game, scored 98 points against the Bulldogs. Uh, I thought he looked pretty good, and that was a really good sign that he came back and threw that on the Dogs. Now, obviously, playing away against Brisbane should be a different proposition, but Brisbane, you know, I know it's obviously stating the obvious that they're conceding points, but 60 points last week against the Storm, obviously, but even before that, you know, they've conceded points... um, pretty radically since post-Origin. 34 against the Roosters, which was in round 21. Um, and then they had some other games as well that weren't fantastic, like the Tigers the week before that in round 20, putting on 32 points against them. And the Tigers aren't really setting the world on fire as far as their attack goes. So really, I'm looking at the Broncos thinking that 
a side like the Eels, if they play to their potential, despite it being at Suncorp, can put on the points. Uh, obviously, the Storm just play them at Suncorp and put on 60. The Eels aren't the Storm, but wouldn't surprise me if they can throw on 40. And if that happens, someone like Mitchell Moses um, could be a great pod. He's only at 593000 so he's going to be a straight swap for those that only maybe have one trade left. He's going to be pretty affordable. The other great pod factor with this type of move that I really like with the Mitch Moses, um, particularly for the head-to-head players, is your opposition isn't going to be able to counter it. They're not going to be able to neutralize it at all by bringing in a Mitchell Moses. They're not going to see it coming at all because it's the first game of the round. So you're going to do that. They're not going to know about it. And then wham, lockout happens. The game's underway. You go to game day, you have a look and you go, oh, my opponent's got Mitchell Moses now. You know, it's a really good move to be able to make. And this is a really good game to be able to get some meals in. Moses was obviously great last week. He's very low ownership. Um, Dylan Brown's had somewhat of a resurgence. He top scored last week for the Eels with a massive 134 points. Uh, it was actually one of the best scores of the round. And did that with a, a two-try performance. Um, he, he looked really good in attacking. Uh, and, I mean, even if we look at the last five rounds... He's had a pretty good resurgence. Really, post-Origin, he's played quite well. But he's got a five-round average of 86 and a three-round average of 96 now. So 672000 He's going to be expensive, maybe a little bit hard to buy. Um, but that actually makes him quite appealing. 134 was massive last week. I tend to think I, I like Moses more because I like Moses to be able to back that up versus Brisbane as opposed to Brown to be able to back it up. You know, another another ton two weeks in a row, which he he did at the start of the year, but I think that's the first time in his career he's ever done two tons in a row. So it just seems unlikely. I wouldn't put it past him to score a try, though. Uh, he scored a try, one try only in round 21, and he still managed 98 points that week. Uh, one try in round 15 was his last one and scored 84. So even if he gets the one try, he tends to go at least 70-plus. So he's still going to be a good purchase. Um, I still really rate him as a buy this week. I just think that Mitchell Moses, I'd probably lean towards because he is going to have the goal kicking. Um, Broncos might bounce back and might be a tougher game, but if they don't and there's a lot of tries on offer, then someone like Moses is really going to benefit. Going on to the sit start, uh, look, I'm pretty big on playing all my Eels players in this one. Uh, I tend to think that I'm going to bank on the Broncos losing. Um, they might be more competitive. It might be a bounce back. It is a really important game for them, but I still think that the Eels players are going to score well, so I'd certainly be playing them. When we're talking about other players of interest that aren't being talked about, a guy that's been really good the last couple of months is Sean Lane, and spoken a bit about him the last few weeks. Uh, I spoke about him particularly last week. I thought he was a good buy against the Bulldogs' edge. He only scored 55 points, um, so it was a little bit disappointing, but... One of the good things with him is that he hasn't scored below 50 points since round 10. So he is always, even in his dud games, going to give you a good point scoring effort. Big deal with him though. Round 19, against those Broncos edges, which are hugely susceptible and going to be hugely susceptible again, he scored 91 points. And I expect something similar. Um, he's, he's about due for a bounce back after last week. And, and generally he does. Um, he hasn't really the last couple of months gone one poor game and then another poor game. He generally does bounce back. And he looked great against those Broncos edges in round 19. Uh, just really attacking their susceptible edge. And he he just smashed it with some clutch attack stats. I think he got two try assists in that one. 91 points. No try. No line break for him. Uh, 59 in raw base as well. 
So the Broncos pack is looking pretty susceptible. Starting guys like Ryan James probably tells you where their pack's at at the moment. They're really missing Carrigan. So I really like the um, all the Eels forwards in this one, but Lane's probably a really good one to, to get some clutch attack. Obviously, everyone knows Isaiah Papali'i, so it's irrelevant really to talk about him at this point. He's a really good shot at um, some clutch attack. Uh, I would even go as far to say when we're moving along in the conversation to finish up on this game that you know Moses or even Brown might be a a good pod VC option, just in case they do put on a big score. But someone else that might be is even putting it on Isaiah Papali'i because, uh, or even a Sean Lane, really, because those edges, you know, I'd be really worried if, if I'm a Broncos fan that those edges are going to get attacked hard call. And Isaiah Papali'i has scored a lot of tries recently as well. He's on a bit of a tear the last six weeks. And I could see him scoring a double again against the Broncos. Um, and if he does that, he might be looking at... Yeah, 130-odd sort of score, and that might be loopable, especially with the type of scores that we've been seeing lately. Um, He didn't get a try against the Broncos in round 19 and still scored 73 points. And if you have a look at when he scored doubles, um, you know, he's 123 points is his top score this year with a double. So if you can edge that a little bit higher, uh, that all of a sudden might become a bit of a VC loop consideration depending on how your matchup's going, how your round's going. Top spot end of the week on this one. I think I gave it away when I said that I really like the Eels. Uh, I can't go past them, really. $1.65, I think, is really good value for them. And I, I'd be all over that on Top Sport. That's some fantastic odds on topsport.com.au. Panthers Warriors. Big news for this one is that we've got Jerome Luai back. Um, and I think for Supercoach purposes... Uh, what people need to recognize with that is it's going gonna, it's gonna to hugely help that side of the field where we've got Kikiao, um, we've got Targa and we've got May. You know, those guys are going to get huge benefit from Luai being back. So all of them get a big t- uh, uptick in their performance probably for the week because of Luai's coming back from injury. Uh, and he's going to probably give some better ball. On the Warriors side of things, we've got Aitken ruled out, so that might hurt some teams without depth or guys that we're looking to need to play him without trades. Um, Josh Curran comes into the starting side finally, but really, I wouldn't want to be playing any Warriors in this. Um, On the market watch side of things, we've got a really interesting name that's popped up, though, from the Panthers that's being traded in quite heavily, and that is Stephen Crichton. Understand why. Uh, I think that with this game, one of the things is that the Warriors are giving up huge amounts of super coach points to outside backs especially, and everyone wants to try and get a piece of that. Um, Stephen Crichton's 10% owned at the moment, so he's almost in pod territory. I will say he scored two tries last week, and he only scored 60 points. You know, so it, his base is really bad. 23 raw base last week. Um, two weeks ago, his raw base was 26. He's not getting a huge amount of uh, tackle bus and offload, so his base base attack even you know isn't fantastic either. Still just in the 30s, so I I wouldn't ordinarily love this for a buy, uh, but it's a pretty good example of what I was saying at the start of the podcast, where some of these guys that haven't been good, you know, five round average of 50 points for Stephen Crichton, that's terrible. But in saying that, we just need him good for one round, and against the Warriors, some of these outside backs for the Panthers are going to fire. Stephen Crichton is probably due for a big game. Now, against the Warriors last time, he only scored 63 points. But if you look towards some of the other games where he scored multiple tries, you know, he scored 104 points for his best score of the year against the Raiders. Um, This one's going to be at home at Penrith versus the Warriors. So someone like Stephen Crichton at 10% could be a real smoky. Um, I will say if people are going to jump on someone like Crichton, when we're talking about pods... 
someone else who has gone really badly lately, but at least has some better pedigree than Stephen Crichton, is also 10% owned in the Panthers' back line, and that is Brian Toto. Now, Brian Toto, the last five rounds, has averaged 43 points, and the last three rounds, 39 points. He has been really, really lacking since his halves left. Uh, from round 13 to 16, before he was on the bye, he went 116, 101, and 60. And then, obviously, he's got no halves after Origin, and he's really suffered. Um, his base has still been there. He's still averaged almost 40 in raw base, but he just hasn't gotten anything else with it. Now, I think that against the Warriors side, that miss a hell of a lot of tackles and that give up a lot of points to, towards outside backs, this is going to be a resurgence game for Brian Tyre. And because of his poor last five rounds, he's only priced at 457000 Now, certainly I expect it might be a bit harder um, if he's on the opposite side to Luai, then it could be pretty hard because Luai might demand a lot of ball. Uh, but you know, it's it seems like Penrith are going to put on a score against the Warriors anyway. They beat South Sydney last week without Luai in the team. They've got James Fisher-Harris back as well. So really, it's just a side without Nathan Cleary at the moment. And at Penrith Stadium versus the Warriors, I can still see that side putting on a huge amount of points. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me if they put on 50 still, despite the fact that Nathan Cleary is not there. So you know, obviously someone like Brian Toto, if they put on 50 points, is a high chance of scoring a try. Round 15, he scored a double and scored 101 points versus the Warriors. So that gives you an indication of what we might be able to expect from him this week. I actually like him a lot better than Stephen Crichton as a pod. If if Brian Toto scores a try, he's going to give you a good score. If Stephen Crichton scores a try, he might not give you a good score. So still, you know, two tries last week, 60 points. That's happened a couple of times this year. So I get why Stephen Crichton's popular. Uh, people are reaching for someone in that back line that they can get in, score a lot of points against the Warriors. I just wouldn't be... Um, going him over someone like Brian Toto. I'd rather go Toto for the same type of ownership. Another guy that could benefit from the Luai return is a lot more of a smoky because of how he's been playing recently, and that is big Billy Kikau. Uh, Kikau was so disappointing last week with 34 points, and now all of a sudden, after his fantastic 102 points versus the Tigers in round 18, his next four games, he's gone 57, 49, 50, and 34. Three-round average of 44 is terrible. A uh, couple little caveats with it, though. One is he is now only 514000 after going four games in a row without scoring a try. He's not gone more than that many games in a row without a try all season. So he's well and truly due. Uh, and if he's going to score one, it's going to be against the Warriors' edge, I would say. So I quite like him this week. I think that Luai back uh, helps him. Now, would I go out and buy him over other secondary options? No, nope, definitely not. Um, but... In saying that, if you only have a budget of around 500k uh, and you need someone with a bit of upside, he's an option to consider. I would more talk around him as a play, though. So the last couple of weeks, I think a lot of coaches have benched him, and with good reason against South and the Storm. But if you bench him in the last two weeks, this is a week to dust him off and play him. Uh, I, that might sound obvious, but a lot of teams have stacked second rows, and he'll be looking at kick-out scores lately going, I don't really want to play him again. I get it. I'd be playing him this week. I think that he's going to score a try against the Warriors. Um, if he doesn't, it's the biggest drought of his season all year. Uh, and so I'm going to bank on the odds of him scoring this week and getting the try. On the other side of things with our complete pod options that you wouldn't probably consider, um, Edwards, 5% ownership. Not really normally super coach relevant, but another great example 
of the fun and wonderful things that you can do with the last two weeks of a season where you throw all the name value out the window. We've got a lot of fullbacks that are injured, unavailable, or that you don't want to trade in at the moment. So all of a sudden, Dylan Edwards is playing the best team that he could be playing at home at Pendrith. Uh, and he is someone who maybe he doesn't go massive a lot of the time, but he's still got 100 and 105 twice this year, which can't be overlooked. Uh, and 105 points for his season high was actually against the Warriors in round 15. He absolutely carved them up. So at 611,000, he's a really affordable option to put into your fullback spot. Um, he's also playing early, so you can probably get the jump on your opposition in head-to-heads by throwing someone like him in. And he's still got a three-round average of 73 and a five-round average of 68. If you look at all of his scores, you know you have to go all the way back to round 11 to see the last time he didn't score 60-plus points. And he does that, you know, scoring a few tries, but not scoring otherworldly amounts of tries. You know, his, his floor is amazing. So you know that you're going to get 60-plus from him at the moment at a minimum. And you also know that he can very easily have a good game against the Warriors and probably go 80-plus. I think he's going 80-plus for sure. So I actually think that he's probably the best buy in the Panthers' backline right now. And I'd be getting him in this week if you've got a spot in your fullback spot. You know, I've had teams sent to me that have got a a Cola still there from Banley or, or maybe a Joey Manu or a Valentine Holmes there that you can move to centre wing. I really think that it's a if you're looking for a pot option, 5% ownership for Dylan Edwards. He, he's a really good one this week with that matchup at Penrith Stadium. So uh, those are the pot options. The other one that's interesting for sit and start is May and Targo. Uh, I'd be starting all my Panthers. Um, and in fact, I... I've been really disappointed with how Taylor May has been going, but I have been benching him for a few weeks now. I'm rolling him out for this one. He scored a try against the Warriors last time, only for 65 points. He just hasn't been scoring 70 plus. Um, you know, he's only gone 70 plus once since round 10. Uh, that is really bad, but it seems like it's a special for him to get a double this week. In which case, you know, he he scored 96 and 97 points both times. He's gotten doubles this year. It seems like that it's due against the Warriors. If you think that the point's going to be put on the Warriors, May's going to at least get a try. So I'd be rolling him out and playing him. Uh, I think a lot of the ownership that has him probably will be thinking that. Uh, but the problem is at the moment is it's really hard to decide on your sit starts because you're benchmarking against all these other options. You're going to get people that will say, I'm going to start a Valentine Holmes because they're a much better super coach option. They're a much better player. And the reality is that that might mean that they sit a tail and May. I would actually start Taylor May over a lot of the centre wing options this week. Uh, I think it's a consideration with Valentine Holmes. I'm not saying it's a definite. I think it's a real hard one, and that's the point of the season that we're at. These are difficult decisions to make. But if your head-to-head opponent in your grand final has got Valentine Holmes and you need a point of difference, it might be a consideration to go for a May and hope that he gets a double uh, because Holmes does have some of those lower scores in him. And that's just an example. But May's going to be a point of difference in a lot of grand final teams. Uh, and you might need to consider throwing him in there. He's someone that I think could go well this week. Uh, unfortunately, for the vice-captaincy options, though, it seems really hard in this game, even though it's the second game and we think the Panthers will, will absolutely kill it. Uh, it's pretty tough to say, you know, throw a, a VC on an Edwards when he's got a, a pretty small ceiling uh, or any of these other players as well. It seems like there's going to be maybe half a dozen Panthers players sort of go 75 plus, but none of them that really go big tons. So that makes it a little bit hard. I probably wouldn't waste the VC on this one. 
But what I would do is I would jump on Top Sport and have a look at some of the odds because you know, Panthers are a dollar one at the moment, minus twenty nine and a half on topsport.com.au. But when you have a look at some of the try scorers, uh, I think that's when you can find some value and some good bets. So to score a try at any time, you can get Taylor Mayer at $1.48. Uh, you can also get Stephen Crichton at $1.90. So those are a couple of good options that are probably good money bets to get across the line versus the Warriors this week. Storm versus Roosters. The big team news in this one is going to be the fact that the Roosters have got both Takiaho and Lindsay Collins returning on the bench. Uh, that's huge for them. And... For the Storm side, uh, they're going to have Felice Cafuzzi back as well, so their pack's going to be a lot better. Uh, Xavier Coates is named. Obviously, with this one, it's it's at Amy Park. The Storm and the Roosters have both been playing a lot better. It shapes as possibly the game of the round, so it becomes really difficult. I think it's very hard to buy any players in this one, but I think a lot of people are going to have the question of, well, who am I going to sit at the start? I actually am, I'm a bit torn on it, but with the Roosters, one of the good things that is, aside from the fact they've been rolling, is that the Storm have continued to show susceptibility in their outside backs, despite the fact they went 60-12 to 12 last week. There was still some deficiency in those outside backs. Um, guys like Manu have looked good against the Storm in the past. Uh, when you look at someone like Tedesco, now obviously you're never going to bench Tedesco, but the way he's been playing, I think, does count. Um, he's gone 99-plus in three out of his last five games. So I tend to think that's going to continue. Um, but the other thing, too, is that I, I think the people are going to have the Suales and the Tupos and those type of outside backs that are t- a couple of tiers below. And what do you do with those guys? It's a really tough call. Uh, I don't want to not give you an answer, but I think it's very team-specific. I'm going to start Tupo this week. I do like the matchup that he has on that edge. Uh, I do like uh, Sam Walker and Kiri swapping sides a month ago or whatever and, and how much better the Roosters have looked. Uh, but for the Storm too, you know, I'd start all the big guns in the Storm side, but I would bench guys that are maybe fringe. So certainly if you've got guys like Xavier Coates or if you had pods like an Olam and stuff like that, I, I'd certainly bench those guys. But the big story when we're looking at this one is how good the Roosters' back rowers went last week. So someone like Nate Butcher, for instance, uh, it's it's pretty remarkable, uh, all the tries that he's been scoring. He scored three try, uh, four tries last week and 140 points. 140 points with four tries. The week before, 53 points. The week before, he scored a double for 94 points. The week before, he scored a single try for 65 points. He is absolutely on fire at the moment. Um, against a storm in round 14, it has to be said, he started and played 80 minutes in that game as well. Some of it was in the middle, but he had 70 base and 74 points against the Storm. He's 575,000. Um, it's it's a little bit hard to say, you know, he's an option to buy. I would definitely go for other options, but I'm just going to say, like, if you've got him, I would play him, and I also wouldn't be surprised if he does go over for a try because he has now scored seven tries in his last four games, which is pretty remarkable for an edge back row. Likewise, Angus uh, actually had a line break against the Storm last time they played, and, and that was a bit of a coming back game for Angus Crichton. He had a monster game too and ended up scoring 161 points last week, absolutely terrorizing the Tigers, both edges for the Roosters. But I think a lot of that is based around not just the opposition, but how well the Sam Walker and Kiri swap's been going on either side. I think both players are getting a lot better ball and a lot better looks. I don't think that's going to change versus Storm. The Storm will defend it better, but each of these guys are still a really good chance of, of getting a try. 
Uh, so Eggers is a definite start, and I would say he's a definite start the rest of the year with how he's been playing. Double last week at 161 points with three line breaks, try assist. He absolutely smashed all clutch attack stats out the window. So go for it against the Storm with the Roosters. Uh, obviously play all the big guns for the Storm. Very hard to purchase any of them. When we're looking at the VC and C option, obviously it's Teddy and Munster. Um, those are probably two of the more popular options. I myself am going to VC Tedesco just because of the run the Roosters have been on and the susceptibility the Storm have shown at times in their outside backs. But realistically, I think this might just be one of those games where we get some good scores, but no VC or C options that are going to be phenomenal in it that we can see. Top swap end of the week on it. I really don't want to be a homer here, but um, the Roosters' odds, they're outsiders at the moment. I'm not going to take them for the win. Uh, I'm definitely going to take the line, though. They're plus 4.5 points at $2. Really like that one for the Roosters. Uh, and it's probably a good time to mention the fantastic sponsor of the All-Stars podcast in Top Sport. You can go to topsport.com.au and have a look right now. But Top Sport are 100% Australian-owned bookmaker. They often have best odds in market. They are also one of the best services that you can have in the betting industry in Australia. Uh, and they've also got great exotics too. Player performance markets are great where you can bet on uh, fantasy point scoring for over or under on scoring. It's not based on the Supercoach scoring system. They've got their own one. You can have a look at it when you go on there and look at player performance markets. But certainly if you like betting other than sport, they've got racing as well. The racing's fantastic. Uh, the racing, they've got great odds on that as well. But download the app or otherwise go to topsport.com.au and sign up for an account today. And when you do, there's a spot where you can put in a promo code. Make sure you throw in SC All Stars as your promo code, or one word, and then I'll take great care of you as one of our listeners. But jump on topsport.com.au today, have a look at them, and try to create an account. All right, Canberra Raiders, Manly Seagulls. Not quite the blockbuster that we wanted after that Roosters Storm clash. Uh, the changes in this one, well... Look, the Raiders have got none. Same 17. Uh, Manly, it's pretty insignificant what they're changing anyway. And I've got to say outright, this this game is pretty insignificant. One of the poor things about the Raiders as a super coach option at the moment, if you haven't noticed, go and have a look at some of the, the games they've been involved in and look at all the scoring. Uh, it's, it's pretty down for the Raiders. Even when they win games, they often have everyone below 75 points in scoring. So even against... The Seagulls at GIO Stadium, it's not great. Um, one of the most popular buys of this round that's coming into a lot of teams is Joe Tappany. Uh, he returned last week with a 75-point score. Um, I have to say, he got a really controversial, I guess, try assist that I, I don't think that he probably should have been getting. Um, he had a 56-minute game, though, and I think that was a big deal about the performance. Uh, 50 of that in raw base. Um, so he had a good performance otherwise anyway, and the minutes were there. He's got the Manly Seagulls and the West Tigers the next two weeks. Uh, so certainly they're all must-win games. Canberra have a chance of pushing into the eight. I couldn't disagree with him as a purchase at all, especially when they're paying tries like they did last week in that Newcastle game. So he's probably the most relevant player to talk about in this one. And I'm just going to say probably the only you know big-name player to talk about aside from the pod of Hudson Young, which I've gone through in prior podcasts. So uh, I'm going to move along and talk about the Sharks and the Bulldogs. Um, so last week, the big deal with the Sharkies was Nico Hines. He scored two tries. Ended up scoring 130 points. Uh, I had him as a VC. Ended up sticking with my captain at Teddy. I think a lot of people did that. Didn't end up too much worse off. But now, 
Nico's now gone 112, 90, and 130 in his last three rounds, and all that's been against subpar opposition in the Dragons, Tigers, and Manly. He's now playing at Points Bet Stadium, which is the last home game of the Sharkies when they're farewelling guys like Andrew Fafita. Uh, I think that he's going to absolutely fire versus the Bulldogs. He's the number one captaincy option this week, I think. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets another 130-odd points. He scored 96 points in round 16 versus the Bulldogs away. Uh, I just think that... Uh, the, the dog season's over, and Nico is just going to absolutely party this week and, and definitely get 100-plus. So best captaincy option by far. Um, when we're looking at pod options, uh, we had a bit of a return to form for someone like uh, Ronnie Militalo. So certainly 52 points, 57 points isn't phenomenal. Um, so by return to form, I do say that pretty loosely. But he's done that without any tries. Uh, and he's now gone three weeks in a row without a try. Uh, his longest streak all season without going over the line. And he's playing against the Bulldogs this week and for the overall players the following week's Newcastle as well. So I'm certainly playing him this week. Uh, and I do like playing him. Someone like Talakai, bit different. He's been heavily sold, uh, which probably is good for people that own him and want to pod. Um, the Sharks are playing... Right in the middle of the round. So if you need to throw someone in from your bench to get a point of difference, someone like Talakai um, might be able to fire. He hasn't been playing well this year, though. I'm going to be benching him myself, um, but I'm I'm not going to be surprised if he goes across the line. I think he's a bit of a pod option. He's probably not going to be good enough, though, and especially with his shoulder injury, there might be some concern about how that's going to go with him returning for his first game back, and maybe they'll give him an early rest or something. So a lot of question marks with him. Um, I do really like some of the Sharks' options. I mentioned last week as a real pod option, Jesse Ramian is in pod territory. Um, he only scored 40 against Manly. Uh, the week before, when we were talking about him, he scored 86. I do think that he's probably going to be closer to that 86 versus the Bulldogs. Um, but, you know, it's it really depends what Bulldog side turns up, obviously. I just think that they've probably packed the season in a lot and the Sharkies are going to run away with it. They looked fantastic last week, the Sharkies. It's going to be all about Nico Hines for me, though. Straight C, going there for sure. Um, and obviously on topsport.com.au, I am going to be going for the Nico Hines party. And I reckon that he's going to be decent odds for a try at three bucks. But otherwise, um, minus twenty-two and a half at a dollar eighty-five. I'm actually going to jump on that line for the Sharkies. I think there's going to be another flogging this week. South West Cowboys. Now, this one's probably the second best game of the round. Um, it's not going to have too much market activity on it for the Cowboys at the moment. It's really all about South Sydney. Um, with the Cowboys, the big change is going to be drinking water is going to be moving to six. So I think that a lot of owners aren't sure what to do there. So let's talk about the sit-start first in this one. Drink water, realistically, uh, is, a, is a lot better option at one, and that's for certain. But in saying that, South Sydney do, can lend in some points. Um, I, I don't think it's the worst play. I could see him scoring well. It's a real 50-50 one. I think you, you can basically say that he's going to score worse than what he has been at fullback. Um, he hasn't had any games at six this year, though, and he is in different form. When you look at what he scored at fullback the last month, he's got 106, 148, and 67, uh, and he's had four tries in that run. Probably one of the things with Drinkwater is that he's not going to get as much running opportunity, less chance of a try while he's playing number six. He's going to pass it more. Um, he was last year getting a lot of try assists when he was starting at six, so that's probably the benefit. I, I can see him getting more try assists and line break assists if the points are there. Um, and especially with Deirdre and out, it, it's it's going to put a lot of emphasis on him to create. 
but what that means is he's probably going to run a lot less. So I actually don't mind it as far as I think it will even out and you'll get similar to what his output has been. Uh, but it's probably less chance of a real big score uh, versus South Sydney away and with that six jumper on. If you've got some real big guns, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility you'd order bench someone like Drinkwater this week. Uh, it's it's a fair call, um, especially if you think that Souths are going to win and win well because the cows have been on the downward spiral. So that's probably the first thing. The second thing is when we're looking at the ends, uh, the only other player from the Cowboys that's been of note really is Valentine Holmes, uh, third most trading player at the moment. And that's probably on the back of the fact that he went really well last week with a big score. I just, I don't really see it. 118 points versus the Warriors last week was great, but if you didn't own him for that, and you didn't own him for his 119 versus the Tigers, you know, it's, I don't think you're going to get that this week versus South. So I just, I really don't get using that trade for the last two weeks and matchups of South away and Penrith at home for the Cowboys to get Valentine Holmes in. I think he's been good for the year. Uh, I think there's been far better options for the season. Yeah, 67 points for the year is nothing to sneeze at. He certainly scored well uh, with the goal kicking as a floor. I loved him as a by post origin, but you've missed out on all these good games now. Like he's had a five round average of 80. I don't think you're going to get that 80 points over the next two weeks. So I just I see there being far better options. He's no longer a pot even. He's like 20% owned after this round, 20% plus. I just don't see any reason to go for it. I think there's way better options that you could be looking at. Alex Johnston, kind of have a similar conversation here. Uh, I was actually pretty surprised. You know, the, the Cowboys had one of the best defences in the league and they've dropped down a little bit and letting in points now. Alex Johnston, as well, I've said, we haven't probably given him as much credit as he deserves. He's played very well this year, even in the harder games, and he's managed to score well all year with a 71 average, being one of the best centre wings in the competition. Cowboys and Roosters. Um, I, I just don't see why teams are going for an AJ. Uh, despite his try-scoring run, when there's all these other options available. Um, he, he's got plenty of single try scores where he's 55, 65 type of points, and that's his range with a lot of his single tries. I just see him as if he's going to score one, he's going to get something like that, but he's also now gone seven weeks in a row scoring tries. Longest streak of the year. Um, generally, I think that that streak's going to come to an end this week or next. And if he has a zero-try game that's going to really hurt because it could very well be 30-odd points. Um, his season low is 14 points in 80 minutes, which was without a try against the Broncos. Uh, even when you look at some of the other ones, 31 points without a try, and 23 points without a try, and then 49 points without a try, but a try assist and line break. Uh, it's it's not good reading, and that no-try game is coming for AJ. So I think against the Cowboys this week, I, I just wouldn't be doing it. Um, he may very well score a try, but it may very well be a 50-point game still. So I just think there's other better options than Holmes and AJ when you're looking at upside center wings. When we're looking at some of the other guys of interest, Latrell Mitchell, you know, every week it comes up. Is he a good option still? Yep, he definitely is. Um, and in fact, I think that he's going to go well this week against the Cowboys again. The Cowboys have been dropping in defense, and uh, Latrell's now got three tons in a row, 105, 115, 152. I just don't think with a three-round average of 124 and a five-round average of 105, I could possibly not back him in. So if you don't have him, um, he's one of the players this week where I'd say very much if your opponent's got him, go and match him because it's just too hard not to. 
One of the things for non-head-to-head players I'd be aware of with these type of trades, though, and this is a really good time to mention this because it's going to apply to a lot of the stars, is if you're trading in a star player this week, you need to basically say to yourself, I may not have them next week. And that's what you need to consider when you're doing these trades. If South can't do any better than where they're at come round 25, he may very well be rested. He might not play the full complement of minutes and all that sort of stuff can happen. Same with all the other big hitters as well in the game. So if you're trading in any of these superstars, it's something that you really need to consider for overall. For head-to-head, it's not going to matter. He's obviously going to play this week versus Cows. And look, I actually still see him as a, a, a good captaincy option. He's playing against a tough team. Um, but it's a team that Teddy tore up as well. Other fullbacks have gone better against the second half of this season, and the Cowboys are definitely sliding like the Broncos have been. So I, I still couldn't go past him as a second-best option for, after Hines. Uh, I think that he's a, a pretty good one at home. Top sort better of the week. I'm all over South for this one. Uh, I can't see South losing at home after losing against Penrith last week. I can see the bounce back. dollar fifty. take it to the bank. I love, love that one. Tigers-Dragons. This one is interesting because this is where we're going to get all our big pods from, right? And I said that there's going to be some dirty players that you need to have a look at and consider. This is a, this is the game to do it. <laughs> there's a few in this one. Uh, a lot of coaches have seen some of them because a lot of coaches are jumping on Bird from the Dragons. And look, he's gone well the last two weeks and I can see why. And he's obviously playing a Tigers edge which has given up seven try, <laughs> six tries, I should say, last week to eat to the Back rails for the Roosters on either edge. So the edges are definitely susceptible. Uh, and Bird's been on fire. He's got 134 and 98 points his last two outings. Uh, I, I think it's a really good pod play, actually. Um, and it's a perfect example of what I was saying at the start of the podcast. You know, earlier in the year, even, you know, four weeks ago, you just you wouldn't look at Jack Bird as an option. And you shouldn't. You know, he's not particularly relevant. But as a center wing slash second row forward duel... Uh, coming off 131 and 98 the last two weeks, which was you know 131 against a poor edge in the Titans. Got another poor edge against the Tigers. He's even got a pretty susceptible edge playing at home versus the Brisbane Broncos in round 25. He could have a really big finish to the year, Jack Bird. Um, two tries last week for his 131, but the week before, with his 98 points, he uh, had the line break try assists, but he didn't have any tries with that, and he still got his 98 points. So... Really good pot option this week versus Tigers. Um, certainly a, a decent Hail Mary option. Um, if you're needing some ceiling, um, a try-scoring forward, he could very well do it against the Tigers. Really like it. He didn't play the Tigers this year for a, you know, a bit of a um, comparison. But one of the other big options in this one are a couple of his teammates too. If you want ultimate pods, Moga. Now, he is 2% owned, and I will say there was coaches in the top 100, as well as several in the top 1,000 that actually traded him in last week. He scored twenty. Uh, scored 120 points, sorry. That included three tries. Um, he's now scored five tries in the last three weeks. It has to be said that when he scored his single tries, it's been 41 and 46 points before last week. But they're going to that side a lot, and there's a very good chance that he gets a double this week plus uh, and a 70 plus type of score. Um, the Dragons, you know, really fired last week against the Titans, put on a lot of points. You can obviously see where the Tigers were susceptible last week. It was all over the park versus the Roosters. 340,000. Um, he's a really good example too of there's going to be teams that don't have money in the bank in a last trade and they're looking at 
who they can get that's cheap and has some upside later in the round, or a good example of an absolute Hail Mary job at the end that can go 100-plus for cheap. Moga is a guy that could do it. Uh, I'm not saying he's a great buy. He's an absolutely big balls pod, but he's one of those ones that could pay off for the next couple of weeks of the season. And certainly against the Tigers this week, you know, the Dragons could put up a lot of points. Which brings us to their half, Benny Hunt. Now, Ben Hunt, surprisingly, is only 3% owned. He's had a really good season. He's obviously in the hunt for the Dally M at the moment, but he's only averaged 57 points in Supercoach. So one of the big problems with Benny Hunt is he hasn't actually got a ton once this year. And in fact, when you're looking at his 80-plus scores, he's only got two of them. Uh, So that's not fantastic for his ceiling. In saying that, against the Tigers this week, um, there's very much a big chance of Ben Hunt having his first ton of the year. I don't think that he's gone the last four or five years without scoring a ton. So the numbers are kind of on his side, and he's obviously in pretty good form. Uh, so 492000 again, one of those guys that can be a halfback for you as a cheap option with the uh, matchup that's only 3% owned. To get someone like Ben Hunt at 3% ownership, you know, he played mainly in round 19 and scored a double and scored 87 points. And that was a game where the second half had completely turned and Ben Hunt did almost nothing in the second half. It could easily be the same type of game this this week, except the second half he'll keep firing and he gets his ton. So as a cheaper option, Benny Hunt is one of those pods at 3% that you could definitely jump on for this week. On the Tigers' side, um, we liked Adam Dewey a month ago. I think a few people jumped on and almost pushed him to uh, fringe pod status. But he's now gone the last three weeks after he's won 22 in round 20 and only gone 53, 66, and 41. Not a terrible average of 53, but certainly underwhelming, uh, especially the 53 versus Newcastle. But he's now playing at home for the next two weeks and against the Dragons and the Raiders, which are much better matchups for him. 574,000 can slot him straight into your centre wing. I like him a lot better than uh, guys like AJ or Holmes, just because of uh, Dewey's upside. He's also got the goal kicking as well, like Holmes does. And certainly, I think a lot of people will be put off by the fact the Tigers went so bad, so badly last week. But playing the Dragons, it's going to be a different proposition. I'm sure that they'll step up a little bit to try and bounce back and not be humiliated. But Dewey's someone that can fire and give you that 100-plus point score. Uh, so I do like him as the only option out of the Tigers this week. I do think the Dragons are pretty susceptible to give him some clutch attack points, and he'll get a few goal kicks in there. So 70-plus I'd probably bank him in for, um, and certainly some upside to go bigger. He's probably due to score a try as well eventually, uh, and this is as good a week as any two games at home. Top sport bet of the week. Oof. Tigers at three ten, Dragons at dollar thirty seven. I think this is one of those games where you just go, I'm going to go for the try scorers, boys. Who's who's good odds to score a try? Well, we talked about Mogo. He's only $1.58. If you do want a roughie in this one, uh, $2.98 you can get Adam Dewey at. And that's a pretty decent roughie, but if you want to go for that, even $2.51 for Jack Bird, that's not bad either. Titans versus Knights is our last game of the round. Uh, and this is another one of those runs that's, you know, we're not going to finish on a blockbuster here, but... It's got some super coach options in it. We've actually got three players in the top 10 most traded in, which is surprising. Uh, and two back rowers, Fafida and Furmore. Uh, really interesting. They're fourth and fifth most traded in players at the moment. So Fafida, I really liked as a trade in the last couple of weeks. He's now scored a try for two weeks in a row. Um, and I think he's, he's looked better as far as getting his clutch attack stats up and his base attack stats. 
85 and 90 points the last two weeks. Um, his raw base has been terrible, but his base attack's been way up. He now has edges against Newcastle and the Warriors to finish off. Uh, he's now only 11% owned still, and 575000 being really affordable. Absolutely love him this week running against the Newcastle edge. Uh, but one of the surprising things is that both Fermore on the other side... They've started. They've just they moved Fermore to the other side and moved for feeder, and then they just kept going to Fermore anyway, despite the fact he's changed sides. And he outscored for feeder last week, the hundred and five points, and he outscored him the week before in ninety three points. He has now scored four tries in the last three weeks, both Fermore, and he's actually higher owned than for feeder at twelve percent, five hundred ninety three thousand. He's more expensive as well. So this is probably one of the times where I think it looks like the pot option in Fermore might be a better buy because he's outscoring him. People aren't talking about it, but he's not actually a pod, and that's why I don't really like it as a play. Um, Fafita is actually almost 1% lower owned, and he has far bigger upside than what Bo Fermore has. So I would definitely be going for Fafita over Fermore. I understand the Fermore interest. I don't I don't see it over someone like Fafita, and I wouldn't want to own both of those guys at the moment, I don't think. So I'm going to back Fermore into uh, revert to a, a strong... 60-plus type game, but for Feeder to continue on his 85-90-plus range, possibly even get his first ton. I do reckon that for Feeder's getting a ton in the next two weeks. It's just going to be a matter of uh, which game it's going to be in, whether it's Knights or Warriors. So certainly at lower ownership, I don't think you can go past for Feeder. Big Tino is the other guy that's being trained in from the Titans in the top 10. And we mentioned Tino's resurgence into the Supercoach conversation about two months ago. He's played a lot better lately. And last week he had a line break, looked phenomenal, scored 90 points in 68 minutes. Uh, he's now gone a three-round average of 77 and a five-round average of 70. I think if you're looking at someone like Tino this week, it's got to be for a front row forward. You have to be putting him into your front row forward. Uh, but he has been getting some um, clutch attack without actually getting the tries. He hasn't scored a try since round 14. So maybe this week against Newcastle, uh, he can get over the line. I don't hate the purchase. Um, I just would prioritize some of the other higher upside guys. Tino's only got one game this year where he's turned up and it was with two tries. And he's only scored four tries for the year. So a repeat of that performance seems kind of unlikely. Uh, I, I think that Fafita's got more upside. So I'd certainly be going for him. And certainly I'm excited to play Fafita this week. For the pods and bargains side of things, uh, a guy that has been going better, that I wasn't huge on trading in, but when you're looking at just one or two rounds, I understand why a few quality coaches have looked at him. Alex Brimson. Brimson scored 82, 111, and 67 in his last three rounds of footy with a three-round average of 87, a five-round average of 72. One of the big things that I haven't liked about Brimson is he'd go on big runs of not scoring many points at all. Like he was in the first two months of the season, he was flat out scoring 45 points a game. But the second half of the season has been a lot better, which has gotten his average up to 59 points a game. Uh, certainly against the Knights and Warriors, you'd expect him to get some attack. He scored 84 points in round 16 versus the Knights with a try. Uh, I don't like the volatility that he has. Um, and by volatility this year, you know, he doesn't have those hugely low scores. But he doesn't have very many scores of 80-plus at all. Uh, he finds it really hard to get to that 80-plus scoreline. He has only done it uh, four times this season. So uh, it seemed unlikely, but he's now got 82 and 111 the last two weeks, and he seems to be looking a lot better. So if you want to take a punt, he's one of those guys that for one or two weeks, he might go well as a pod uh, at a couple of percent ownership. Uh, but certainly if it was longer term, you'd never consider him. But Alex Brimson's 591,000. 
I, I like him a lot better than the last round of the season versus the Warriors. So if you're doing it as a head-to-head matchup, I'd probably look elsewhere. If you're doing it for overall, I think it becomes a little bit more appealing and you could definitely consider it. I would move away from it myself, but I do see it as a, as a decent option to at least consider, depending on your team makeup. Captain options. I do think being the last game of the round uh, that you could look at a, a pod captain like a David Fafita. Um, Fafita, again, averaging 88 points the last two weeks. Uh, I think that that's a good base, you know, if he doesn't go ballistic, he could still definitely get 80 plus, he's certainly not going to get a low score, but he does have the upside where he's about due for a double, Um, he needs that explosion game that should be coming in the next two weeks you'd think, so if you need some upside, um, if you're going for a different uh, strategy on overall to try and chase harder um, try and go away from the crowd, he's going to be a low captaincy option, I don't think many people are going to throw the C on for feeder at all He's the option if you're looking at chasing in a head-to-head or you're looking at some high upside, complete pod material. Uh, I think that he's the only one to look at for this game. Uh, top spot better the week for this one. If you're having a look at the try scorers, uh, I really like Fafita to go three weeks in a row. It's been great the last couple of weeks where he's been $3 plus at a minimum. And you know this week, again, you're going to get him at $2.88. So that's pretty decent odds for Fafita considering the try scoring form and the Knights' susceptibility on their edge. That'll do the podcast, everyone. Uh, I'm sorry it was a solo one. Some people like the odd solo one. Others like when I've got a guest to chat to. Uh, I like to mix it up a little bit, but certainly we like to throw a solo one in here and there. But if you want to hear me chatting footy with Wilfred the Catfish Z from the Champions podcast, you can grab that one on Friday when it's uh, put up. But for this one, certainly you can find the NRL All-Stars podcast all the time on Spotify, SoundCloud, Also, Amazon, Audible, and definitely on iTunes too. But follow us on Twitter too, NRL underscore SC underscore Allstars. And jump on topsport.com.au and create an account today with the promo code of SC Allstars, and they'll take great care of you. Good luck in your head-to-head matchups this week, guys and girls, and good luck for the overall chases. You can definitely make up a lot of ground. 1,000-plus spots in the next two weeks is what I'm hoping for. Go for it. Enjoy the games this round. Enjoy the super coach. Can't wait to chat more footy again with everyone real soon. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. Get paid.